Hallelujah. Blessed be the rock of our salvation. What a great and a mighty God we serve. Remain standing with me if you will. And let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, standing in honor of the reading of God's word. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. You know, I just it keeps just playing in my head as I'm here. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, all I can think of is just letting somebody know it's time for you. Instead of, you got to get to the place where you introduce your problems to your God. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to introduce your situation to your God. Let it know who the boss is. Come on, somebody. And so in this moment, as we get into God's word today, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Say, I got it if you got it. Online, Serve City Online, you got it. And so we're going to 1 Corinthians 10, 31. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download the Version app. It's a great app, very easy to navigate. Uh, you can, you know, as I tell you every week, don't take my word for it, fam. I could be up here lying to all y'all. And I don't want you to be sheeple just following whatever it is I say. I want you to follow what he says. So go home and study for yourself. And make sure that what's being said and what you're hearing and what's being sung is in line with what God declares. Amen, somebody. So I'm going to read this and we're going to continue going to part four of our blood, sweat and tears series, if you will. And so the Bible declares and says, so whatever you eat or drink, then he doesn't just limit it to food. The Apostle Paul goes on and tells the church at Corinth. Or whatever you do. Come on, somebody say, whatever you do. Whatever you do. Do all. Hey, some things. How many things? All to the glory of God. Now, since it's such a short verse, and it's just one for our reading, I'm going to go ahead and read it one more time for emphasis. So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all one more time somebody shout all all to the glory of God let's bow our heads and let's pray in this moment God we thank you so much Lord for this great time that we have had in your presence thus far Lord we thank you for the preaching moment for it is through the declaration of your word that faith comes and is ignited in the hearts of the hearer as you said in Romans 10 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God and so in this moment we ask that every hearer would be impacted in such a life-changing manner that they would leave and never be the same and even as you're blessing us here at Serve City God we remember our Serve City family all over the world and we remember God all of the churches in the greater Toronto area right now that are preaching your gospel Lord, they are not our competition. They are, they are our co-laborers. And so we pray that you would touch and move in every pulpit through every man and woman of God even now. And remember, Lord, all of the churches that we oversee and cover. And God, we remember your church all around the world. Move therein even as you are moving here. And we thank you and we give you honor and praise in advance in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen come on one more time as you go to your seat go ahead and give God a good praise come on put those hands together you can go ahead and take your seat 
in Jesus' name. I'm excited about this fourth part of our series. You know, uh, I, I, I just am always honored for the opportunity to be able to be in the presence of God and to be able to see people. Uh, praise God, you know, for those who are online. And it's awesome to have people in the house that we've been saying it. I'm going to say it every week for a long time because <laughs> I'm still getting back accustomed to the fact that we are able to have people in the house. If you will, in this moment, can we just put our hands together and celebrate our dream team in every area that is serving today? Come on, come on. From the parking lot to the stage, thank all of you guys. Everyone that makes this happen. So much effort and time and attempts goes into this. So listen, as we're talking about uh, blood, sweat, and tears, the assignment on this series has been to challenge us as it pertains to walking in our calling. Not only are we walking in our calling because God's desire is to connect us with our calling. We're not supposed to, I told you last week, we're not going through this thing, going through life with a guess. We're going through this life with a guide. And God has assigned us and put us in the earth with the purpose of accomplishing various tasks and things of this nature. And so our assignment is to say yes to him when it is that is revealed. Or if we don't know where to seek him, where to seek him and where to find out whatever it is that he has put us in the earth to do. Because when we connect with our calling, that is when we are able to be efficacious in the earth. And we're able to go to this, to the grave. The goal should be for us to go to the grave or if Jesus returns first, that he would come back and find us having accomplished or in the midst of walking out that which he has called us to do. Are you with me? And so on this Thanksgiving weekend, you know, even as we are preparing and we're talking about blood, sweat, and tears and putting our effort in, making sure that our efforts are being put towards our calling and they're not, our blood, sweat, and tears are not being wasted on things that we are not called to and we're not assigned to do. I want to, I want to, I want to go ahead and I want to talk about this on today. You know, the Apostle Paul starts by saying, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all things. Somebody on the Serve City Online in the chat put all things, all things, all things. Do all things to the glory of God. Now, you know, this is, for those who are new to Serve City Church, uh, you know, this is not my wife and I. This is not our first church plan. And the premise of this series uh, was actually us talking and me being able to kind of chronicle and look back. Uh, over the past 16 years of pastoral ministry to just look at some lessons and things that I have learned along the journey. and the Because uh, it doesn't just apply to me, but I know that it also applies in whatever you're called to do. Um, we all have to walk in wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. And wisdom is that which will lengthen our days. Uh, and, and not only this, but get us to the place where we are effective. And so, you know, our second church plant um, which is going in the states right now, Relevant Church, Grand Rapids. And Relevant Church, it was nuts. I'll never forget when we were in this building. And, you know, in this building, we, 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 it was actually, it's just so random. It was a Jamaican dance hall <laughs> in the middle of Dutch <laughs> Grand Rapids. It was just so nuts. The, the dance hall got shot up, right? Of course, right? And they shot it and they uh, closed it down and all of this sorts of stuff. And so this was vacant. And we went in there and we decided we're going to retrofit this place, you know, and get it prepared for service uh, to be able to worship therein. And so, you know, there's a guy by the name of, we called him Brother Larry, right? 
And this was a guy that he is a man's man. He is someone who is extremely, extremely gifted in the area of carpentry and building. And, you know, one of those, you can call him, he's a one-stop shop as it pertains to fixing anything. Anybody know any handymen? <clears throat> Online, you know any handymen? And so he was this type of guy. And uh, he showed up and he told me, this was crazy, and this is why I believe God. I believe God because in every season, God will assign Oh my, I just felt him right there. He will assign people to your life to assist you with carrying out the assignment on your life. Many of us, we care about who's not for us and we spend more time focusing on who's not for us instead of receiving from and investing into those who God has strategically placed in your life. This guy shows up and he says, I, God told me, young man, he calls me young man. <laughs> He's like, young man, the Lord told me that I am not going to get another job. I'm not going to get another job until I help you complete this place the way that you want it. I lie, babe. He literally drives up and he says, I've never met him a day in my life. I don't know him. He knows somebody, I think, that went to our church. He, was, he knew her from like years ago or something. And he pulls up in his truck and says this to me. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, and we gave the Lord praise for this. And he literally, up till like 5 in the morning sometimes. In fact, Gabriel was born. Was it Gabriel or Noah that was born at this time? Uh, Gabriel was born. Gabriel was in the playpen, in the building with us while we're working, where we're, while we're building, while we're getting stuff done and painting and getting all this work done. Because it was a fresh church plant, fresh spot. Everybody else was working. And so I was there with, with my son. And we were, we were working with Brother Larry. And it's amazing to me because along the journey, there are so many things I learned from him. And y'all always hear me talk. Uh, if you've heard me mention his name before, you know, you know, I've always shared that he is just such a wise guy. And along the journey, he would always tell me something. You know, I'd be rushing. I'd be like, man, I just want to get this done. When can we get it done? When can we open the doors? When can we, you know, get in and have the people in there? And he would always be like, you know, like easy grasshopper, you know. He'd be like, young man. You got to, you know, don't worry. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's going to come to pass. It's going to be okay, you know. And I would always be, you know, rushing. And one of the things that he said to me that I'll never forget and is applicable to that which I want to share with you on today is he would always, along the journey, he would stop. Everybody say stop. stop. He would stop and he would be like, young man. And I'd be like, what? Did, you, did something happen? Did, did somebody try, you know, did, did we lose something? Did we forget something? No, he would stop me and be like, young man. It's time to take an admiration day. And I'm sitting there looking like, what are you talking about, man? An admiration day where I'm supposed to go look in the mirror or something? And, you know, what do you mean? I mean? No, he's like, you've got to get to the place where you don't wait till the end. Come on, somebody. Don't wait till the thing is finished being built. But he says that you got to stop along the journey and admire your progress. Oh, my. Oh, God. Uh, I'm not into the preach yet, but I just want to help somebody this morning to, to know somebody you've been tripping about the finish line uh, and you've got to stop and oftentimes stop and celebrate and remember that although you're not where you'd like to be, come on, although the vision has not yet come to completion and met its maturation, I wonder if there is anybody in here that knows along the journey, you got to stop and have an admiration day. Come on. Uh, in fact, you know the fact, somebody say admiration day, admiration day. 
You know, and, and, and the thing is, I'm not just talking about you standing and, and looking in the mirror and saying, look how cute I am. Come on, look at this weave, you know, and how, how good it's, it's staying on. You know, I can jump, I can whip my head back and forth, and it don't even go nowhere. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, I'm not talking... <laughs> I'm not talking, I'm not talking about that type of admiration day, but I'm talking about the fact that you and I, that we got to stop along the journey. Come on, somebody online. Do you hear me? You got to stop along the journey. And according to the apostle Paul, we got to stop and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Uh, thank you that although, although I'm not where I want to be and stuff is not yet at the place where I desire for it to be at the finished product, I'm so grateful, God, that you brought me through. Any witnesses in here that are thankful and that can give God praise? Come on. Can we put our hands together and say, God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Some of y'all, you couldn't even fill the gas tank. Come on, somebody. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm the only person that used to be to the place where you used to have to just put five on it. Come on, somebody. You used to walk up and be like, put five on it. You, know, you couldn't even swipe your card. You would swipe your card and be, and you're hoping that it's going to go through. Come on, some. Maybe I'm the only person. You're like, I wish and I hope. And then when it goes through, you just do a little. And they're looking at you like, what on earth is the matter? I'm so grateful. Now, I don't even have to ask my wife, can I fill the car? Come on, somebody. If the car is on E, I stop by the gas and I fill it up. I remember the days. Mm, my uh, you got to stop every now and again as you're building. And I just feel this preach and have an admiration day. This is why uh, if you look through scripture, the Bible is always telling. God is always declaring to the children of Israel on their journey to the promised land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always talking to them about remember. Come on, somebody say remember. You know, my man often, as my dad would say, ought to be reminded more than informed. Come on, somebody. The fact is that it's not that it didn't happen, but, the, but, but as we go through life, we often forget. And forgetfulness is one of the biggest enemies of our praise. Ooh, my, my, my. Somebody put that in the chat. I just felt that one sneak up on me. Uh, forgetfulness is one of the biggest en enemies of our praise. Amnesia is one of the biggest enemies of our praise. And that's why we've got to go along. This is why we see stuff like in scripture where the Bible will declare, forget not his benefits. And so we've got to get to the place as we build. We're talking about blood, sweat, and tears where we stop and we have an admiration day along the journey. Who's with me on this morning? We've got to have an admiration day. And no, I want to tell you this because it's, it's, it's very easy for us to get caught up in what we're doing. It's very easy for us to get caught up in the work of God and doing the will of God to the place where we forget to honor God. And so if I could give you point number one, and for those who are note taking and for those who are online, I'm going to say it twice so you can remember it. Don't get so caught up with the work and wonders that you forget to worship. Come on, let me say that again. Don't get so caught up with the work and the wonders that you forget to worship. It's imperative, especially in this time where the devil's desire is to distract and to deter and to take our focus from where it belongs on our beautiful Savior. His desire is to get us to the place where we glorify our problems, where we glorify COVID-19, where every single thing that we do is based on COVID as opposed to Jesus. Come on, somebody. But when you're going through this thing with a guide and not a guest, you don't got to live your life based on COVID, but you get up 
up and you honor God because the God, your God is in the future beyond COVID just like he was beyond the bubonic plague. Come on somebody. Just like he was beyond H1N1. Can I call the roll? Just like he was beyond the swine flu and all and anthrax and all of that. This is the same God that is the, that is the same yesterday, today and forever. And oftentimes our problems and the things we face or the fact that we are working, we forget, we forget, you know, we forget the fact that we ought to stop and give honor and glorify the God who is bringing us this far. Wonders can be one of the biggest distractions in our lives. Wonders, wonders, when things are working out, when stuff is happening miraculously, it's one of the biggest deterrents from our worship in our lives. As God is causing things to happen in our lives, oftentimes we, we get distracted. That's why you better not follow after ministries just because of miracle signs and wonders. Because oftentimes people will run after people that can call out your name and tell you your phone number and all of this stuff. And ain't nothing wrong with words of knowledge. And people that can prophesy and declare to you this time next year such and such is going to happen. Or lay hands and even as we see in this house and miracles can happen. And oftentimes what happens is we start worshiping and honoring a man or a woman. And our focus is taken away from our God. Who's going to keep it real with me online? line and in the house but you and I we can't get distracted by the wonders we ought to get to the place where instead of getting distracted it should cause us to cast our crowns and our worship and our glory upon the Lord and if I can even speak apostolically to somebody who is a minister that is out there that is building ministry for your glory and building stuff so people can look at you I rebuke you and I call you to get back to the place where you you point people and I point people to the Savior instead of ourselves. Don't get distracted by the work and the wonders that you get to the place where you forget to worship. You know, I love it because, you know, when we're talking about Matthew 7, 7 last week, Remember last week we were talking, if you tuned in, if you missed it, the whole series is up online uh, on YouTube and via our iTunes podcast. Uh, and I encourage you to go and check that out. And realize, realize the fact is, you know, that Jesus says to, uh, to those who were in his audience, he says, ask and it shall be given unto you. He says, seek, watch this, and you will find. Knock and what will happen? The door will be open unto you. Because remember, he ends that pericope or that passage of scripture by declaring and says, those who build on the sand that your house, when it is hit, will fall apart. And great is the fall of it. But those who build on the rock, uh, that when we build on the rock, which, e which equates to us walking in the words of Jesus, uh, which is the wise way to build, that no matter what hits us, we won't fall apart. And so we, we went and we gave some context because that is entire chapter is outlined with things that Jesus meant when he was telling us to build on the rock versus building on the sand and one of them was to ask but how many of you know that sometimes even as it pertains to us asking God to help us as we build asking God to give us what it is that we need along the journey how many of you know that sometimes our worship gets lost in our asking 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, this, is, this is the thing that when, when it is that we see uh, the people of God asking and crying out and seeking God, uh, the fact is that God, uh, through his apostles or through his disciples, would encourage that we don't just ask, but that we also worship. And this is why the Apostle Paul, you don't believe me, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, we usually skip over some stuff in there because we want to get to the peace. He says in verse 6, be careful for nothing or anxious for nothing. And so we're like, oh yeah, I don't want any anxiety, so I'm not going to be anxious for anything. But he says, uh, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus now see we usually just go to the asking we just go to the be anxious for nothing we just go to the fact what we're talking about and the peace of God and you know how we can say it? and you know you sanctified and you're from church when you just say it like a preacher you know you be quoting scriptures you're not even you've never been in not one pulpit you'd be like and the peace of God ha! you know on your job and you just but but we skip over what he says notice he doesn't just say in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request. He says, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Uh, somebody say, with thanksgiving. Uh, can I just deal with the text? In, in the chat, in the chat, Serve City Online, somebody put with thanksgiving. Come on. Uh, don't, you know, some of us more interested in not forgetting the dressing, not forgetting uh, uh, the, the turkey and making sure that it is based and prepared uh, uh, right, you know, for the, for the feast and all of this. But at the end of the day, how many of you know that you ought not to forget your thanksgiving? Come on. In your asking, don't forget your thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. In your asking, don't forget. In fact, that's good enough to tell your neighbor look down your neighborhood don't touch anybody but just look across at them tell them in your asking don't forget your thanksgiving come on look at somebody else come on tell them neighbor oh neighbor in your asking don't forget your thanksgiving in other words, what does he mean by this? When you're praying, uh, when you're praying, when you're seeking God, when you're asking God for strength to build, you and I, we got to get to the place where we don't forget his benefits. Come on. Oftentimes, I don't know, maybe like you're, you're like me. That's why we say no perfect, no perfect people allowed. Every now and again, I will be crying out to God. I will be thanking him for stuff or asking him rather to do things for me and then he'll do it and then I'll be like on to the next and I won't say nothing and we get in his presence. Am I the only person that's ever been there? Get in his presence when the next thing comes up God if you get me out of this and he gets us out of it and then we forget about that too come on somebody and I heard I heard this this week as I was as I was uh, studying you know because I believe that worship is imperative especially in this season I heard the church has forgotten its manners uh, yeah 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 uh, we forgot to say thank you can I just declare prophetically we have forgotten to say thank you to God we expect like and we act like God is a genie in a bottle but I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that this ain't no Aladdin flex come on somebody uh, but God is a God that deserves our worship and when it is that he does stuff for us he doesn't do it for us to lose focus or move on to the next but the idea is that it's supposed to develop and build us from glory to glory come on somebody one revelation of his glory and his beauty and his power to another that cold that he healed you from that was to take you from glory to glory one revelation of his glory i hear you second corinthians 3 18 but we all with open or unveiled face as beholding as in a glass the 
glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord and there are many of us that have not been experiencing the transformation that we are desirous of oh can I preach this thing like I feel it and the reason why is because oftentimes we are forgetting our thanksgiving Oh my, I wonder if there's anybody, I just feel like having a praise break. Is there anybody in this moment that can put those hands together? Come on, somebody. If you're saying, I'm not going to have no manners, I'm going to give God the glory because he deserves it. I'm not going to cry out to him and ask him for stuff without remembering what he's already done. Like my grand grand would have said to one, I should have been like, but wait, when I ain't got no manners at all, at all, at all, though. Bayesian, I'm sorry for the translation. You guys don't have any manners at all, at all, at all. And that's what God is saying to many people. He's saying, y'all forgot your manners. Come on, somebody. Uh, don't forget your manners. Don't forget your yes, please. Don't forget your thank you. Come on. Don't forget. Oh, my. Is there anybody in this place? I believe that it's time for manners to return to the body of Christ. We're telling, oh, we need power. Oh, and we need glory. And we need anointing. How many of you know that the glory and the power is often attached to your praise? And when it is that we get to the place where we open our mouths and begin to glorify him for what he's done and also what he will do. That positions us to be able to experience what it is that God has. Are y'all still with me? Sir City Online, he's still with me? As we're watching, okay, look. So not only should we not get caught, so caught up with the work and the wonders that we forget to worship, but number two, we got to get to the place where we don't build or be a glory thief. Here it is, here it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apostle Paul says, uh, do all things. Somebody say one more time, say all things. Do all things to the glory of God. And this is why we do this. And so you got to get to the place where you do not be or build a glory thief. That where you're not someone who exemplifies behavior that is to take glory, that attempts to rob God of the glory that he deserves or that you don't build something. Come on, with your business and, and with your entrepreneurial endeavors and with the things that you're doing and the stuff you're setting up and your family and all of this. You and I, we've got to examine the motive uh, because God, God, it should all be for God's glory, God's beauty, God's splendor, God's praise. Come on, God. God's worship, the ultimate honor belongs to him. Any beauty, any glory, any of this that we see in our everyday lives, God is responsible for that. And when it is that people bestow or convey honor upon us, watch this, God will allow you to share honor, but he won't allow you to share his glory. Let me say it again. God will allow you to share honor. He'll allow people to say good stuff about you. Come on, somebody. Uh, but he's not going to share his glory. And your and my responsibility is not to get the crown and put it on our head and be like, oh, look at how, uh, how nice I am. Uh, and uh, no, the goal is for us to then take that crown that we receive and throw it at the feet of others, at the feet of Jesus. 
And so we've got to be careful that we're not building or being a glory thief. I could give you some scripture. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter, God reminds us in Isaiah 43, verse 7, uh, that we were created. We were created for his glory. In fact, uh, he also says in Isaiah 42, verse 8, somebody put these in the chat. If you're watching Serve City Online and following along, uh, he says, I am the Lord, the Lord. Uh, that is my name. And the Lord there is Yahweh or some would, would translate Jehovah and he says that uh, he says that is my name my glory I give to no other the the fastest way to wake your make yourself an enemy of God is to build or be a glory thief are you hearing what I'm saying he says nor my praise hey to carved idols uh, this is why God does not honor, and I'm going to just say it and declare it. I love Hindus, and I love Buddhists, and I love everybody. But when it is that you build something and ascribe to it the worship that belongs to Yahweh, that belongs to Jehovah, God don't like that. Come on, somebody. He does not share his glory, and I call you out of idolatry, not just in those religions, but even anyone in here that is practicing idolatry in any form. Come on, somebody. Anything you pay homage to, any Anything you make obeisance to, any device, come on somebody, any television show, any person that you give the glory that belongs to God. Can I talk to you about this? It's time for us, I feel it, uh, to come against this idolatry. It's time to tear down the idols. Somebody say, tear down my idols. We've got to tear down the idols that we are building and we've got to consider why it is that we're building this thing. How many of you in this moment can put your hands together and open your mouth if you know that God is the only one who deserves the glory? Come on. God, we give you the glory. You alone deserve it. God won't allow you to outshine him, fam. He won't. So I ask you, what is your ultimate goal? Or motive in building what is your ultimate goal are you building because you're because you're jealous of what somebody else have I know that's not proper English blame it on the 14 years in the United States of America are you <laughs> did you get married because your sibling got married did you get married because they told you you're the ugly duckling and you're never going to get married? And then so you ran out and you just grabbed the first joker just to prove to them, oh, y'all don't want me to come down your road today. Just to prove to them that you could find somebody. That's not why you should be building and getting married. What is your motive? Are you building to prove people wrong? I told you one day I was sitting there and I'm like, God, I want to do this because they told me I can't do it. And God's like, son, you better never build to prove people wrong. You build to prove me right. I'm not building to prove nobody wrong. I don't care what anybody has to say about me. Come on, somebody. Don't matter how ugly you say I am. Come on. I was a mess and I was tore from the floor up. And look who God sent me after I waited. Y'all don't want to be real with me on today. I'm not living to prove anybody wrong. I'm living to prove God right. If he said it over my life, you better bet your bottom dollar that he is going to bring it to pass. I wonder if I got a witness in here or online that knows. Your motives better be right. Better not be building for the wrong reason. What are you building for? But pastor, the Bible says in Proverbs, you know, when people get super, they have to change your voice to be, you know, to sound sanctified. The Bible says, sound educated. 
You know, in the first division of Proverbs 22, it declares and says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, Pastor. And favor is to be better than silver or gold. So I've got to get to the place where i got to make a name for myself. How many of you know that, yes, a good name is to be chosen rather than riches, but God ain't called you to make a name for yourself. He called you to make a name for him in the earth. Come on, somebody. And the best way for your name to get to a place where it has integrity and where it has strength, guess what, somebody, is by you giving glory to God in the earth. You make his name great in the earth, and guess what can go happen to your name? The way that we make a name for ourselves is not by going out and carving away for ourselves. It's by giving to glory to God and letting him through that position of humility position us to be in a place of strength. Are you with me? Yeah. Look, that's the wrong way. That's putting the cart before the Herod, the, the cart before the horse. Yes, the cart before the horse. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get when you show up here on a Sunday. It's all sorts of stuff in my blood, man. So look. Look at the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is a prime example. Starts, you know, after the flood, God commands the people. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Because how many of you know that, watch this, giving glory to God with all things is not just what comes out your mouth. How many of you know that the biggest way for you to give glory to God is by doing what he told you to do? <laughs> it's by walking it out. And there's a lot of people. That's why Jesus says uh, that there are people who honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And it's people, including myself, it don't mean because you see me doing stuff for God that that means that I'm doing what God told me to do. The best way for you to bring honor to God is to do what God has told you to do. So God says to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis 11, uh, you know, write this down, check it out in its entirety later. They set out to build the Tower of Babel, a tower that's going to go to heaven. And the Bible makes it clear, if you will, in verse 3. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Verse 4, then they said, watch this. Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. God, spoiler alert, ends up going when he sees this and recognizes that they are unified in disobedience. And that even in their disobedience, there's so much power in unity that he says that it was going to be possible for them to set out what it is that they were going to do. How many of you know that there's people that are accomplishing stuff and it don't mean that it's with God, that it's God's desire for them to accomplish it? Come on, we look at stuff and we see stuff growing and we think, oh, they must be doing the will of the Lord. How many of you know that sick things swell and grow too? And there's such power in unity that they were in disobedience and God saw that what they set out to do that they could do. And God says, no, 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 baby. Remember what I told you. I told you to multiply and fill the earth. They say we're going to build something glorious, make a name for ourselves and that we're so that we won't be dispersed all over the earth. So they literally begin to build something. Remember I said, don't be or build a glory thief. 
They begin to build something that is pompous, that is literally erect in the face of God as an act of defiance to make a name for themselves. Oh my, can I ask you, because I got to move, we got baptism. What did God tell you to do? Are you doing a variation of it? If this looks good, I wonder what would happen if you did all of what God told you to do. And it's easy for men to be praising us for the Tower of Babel that we're building when it's stinking to God. And as I heard, God is the only boss that will fire you and let you keep working. I hear 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22. There's a story where God gives instruction to, to uh, Saul and tells him to go and eradicate a place completely. And Saul starts saying, oh no, well I'm going to keep this and I'm going to keep the best of this and whatever. And the prophet Samuel shows up and he's like, listen fam, I'm hearing lambs and I'm hearing all sorts of stuff going on. I thought you were supposed to get rid of everything. And he starts giving some uh, excuses and all of this sorts of stuff. And look at what God says to Samuel, says to him, he says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Some of us, you heard up your grandmother and your mother used to say that stuff to you. And you're, well, child, to obey is better. And you don't even know what it means. What does he mean by this? He's saying to be obedient to God is better than just making a sacrifice. Come on, somebody. There are many of us, you've been sacrificing skunks on the altar. Come on. God is not looking for no skunk sacrifice. You think that you've been sacrificing. Oh, can I just preach? The thing you've been sacrificing is a horrible smell to the Lord. Come on. And the fact is, it don't matter how much money the skunk costs you. If it's not what God has told you the thing you put on there the thing that God called you to could have been cheaper come on somebody but it's not about how much it costs come on it's about doing what he said I wonder if it's a church in here that knows that you gotta get to the place where we obey God and bring glory to his name and not just sacrifice anything he sacrificed what he said who's with me only got a few more minutes but I wonder, I'm hoping this is going to challenge you to not build or be a glory thief. And so with that said, I want to go on and just encourage you. Watch this. Number three, be careful. Somebody say, be careful. Somebody in the chat on Serve City Online say, be careful, be careful, be careful. Watch this. Be careful to give God the glory. What I mean by this, what I mean... You know, when I was, when I was growing up, uh, the saints always used to say when they, were, when they were praying, you know, the deacons and stuff, they'd be like, God, and we'll be careful to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. I'd be like, what do you, have to, what do you mean be careful? Is this something I'm going to trip and break my neck or something? Like, what are you, why are we saying be careful? Be careful about what? No, 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 no. They're saying uh, you got to take care. And in other words, make sure, make sure. Come on, somebody. Be careful. Be intentional. That's the word. Somebody say intentional. 
be intentional about giving God the glory, the honor, and the praise. It is, it is, a, it is an important thing. And we've gotten to the place where we're like, oh, well, I don't want to make people feel like, you know, uh, I'm to the place where I'm just off. Or I don't want people to feel, you know, like I'm just too high and mighty or holy. But oh, my. I'm telling you, it matters for you to give glory to God. And some of us, we get mad when the, when the rap stars and the people that are out there looking crazy doing foolishness. And they get up talking about, I want to give glory unto God. What do you think when Jesus said, he said that if we don't praise him, come on somebody, that even the rocks are going to cry out. And if the church folk aren't going to give me the glory, then if I'm going to get the glory through a rap star, through a hip hop person, I'm, oh, y'all don't want to be real with me on today. And you out here jealous and mad about them saying it and living it. And you are not even living it yourself. Who's with me? So the fact of the matter is, look, Herod, King Herod in Acts chapter 12. We're in the Bible today. I love the word. Anybody love the word? Yeah. Acts chapter 12, verse 20 to 25. Watch this. Here it is. Herod. Herod just goes and does a whole heap of stupidness. He kills off people, imprisons Peter, has him bound by 16 in a quartonian or 60 between 16 prisoners, uh, prison guards. God comes and rescues Peter uh, because Herod was intending to kill Peter just as he did the others. And so what ends up happening is God delivers him and then Herod uh, lays waste and kills these soldiers who were there. But now watch what ends up happening uh, in verse 20. Bible says after all this took place in Acts 12 20 now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon and they came to him with one accord and having persuaded Blastus yo fam what type of name is Blastus the king's chamberlain they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. And the Bible says, on an appointed day, somebody say an appointed day. Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration or a speech to them. Look, look, pay attention, watch this. Verse 22, and the people were shouting the voice of a god. And not of a man. Oh, this sounds so. This is, this sounds so familiar. There's some churches that look exactly like this. And then the people that come out and, and we set up and we we oftentimes set up preachers for failure. Because we worship and honor them because of it. And please, fam, don't ever. I'm, I'm not, I don't deserve it anyway. But, you know, I don't ever want any of that. Because if you're looking at this, look at what this guy does. This is a king where he gets to the place, he puts on his robes, he's seated among them, and he makes a good speech. And the people are like, this is a great speech. And look at what happens in this moment. Because, look, Herod couldn't control what the people said about him. But he could have determined what he did with what they said about him. <sighs> there are some of you, you're worried, you're like, I got to move from this job because people talking wrong. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that you can be in it but not of it? Don't matter what people say to you, you are the one that has the control. Come on. There are inanimate objects in the earth, like the heavens, for example, and things that are, that are not humans. The heavens declare the glory of God. The, the, the inanimate objects in the world and nature is on autopilot to give God glory. But humans, we have to choose to ascribe the glory to God. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? I got to choose to give glory. So no matter what they're saying, 
It's my responsibility. Look what ends up happening. Verse 23. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down. Why? Because he did not give glory, gave God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. And then I just love how they just skipped to verse 24. But the word of the Lord increased and multiplied. <laughs> but ain't that powerful? Look at this. Because see, we, this is the thing. We're like, oh no, I thought it was just Ananias and Sapphira. You know, because we think the judgment of God or that death and even challenges come to only people. That's God of the Old Testament. This is a New Testament example of what happens when we be or we build a glory thief. Come on. When people give us honor and we don't give it to God. What are you building and what is the motive for which you're building? Are y'all still with me? There are consequences that happen. There are things. There is dysfunction in marriages right now because you are being or building a glory thief. There are businesses right now that are not working the way they're supposed to be. And it's not because you're not fulfilling what God has called you to do, but it's because you're building with the wrong motive. Are y'all still with me? And so I, I, I want you to understand this. I'm almost done here. I'm done here because we've got to be intentional. We've got to be intentional about making sure that we are ascribing. We've got to be careful about giving the glory to God. And you know, I have so much more to say, but I don't have the time. So I'm going to say this and I just want to end here. I want you to understand that in talking about being careful, you know, sometimes when you're along the journey and when you're driving, and you know, if you're, if the man them are watching out for their data fam, you can put on the GPS and you can, you know, you've been from the house and you just say, okay, what's the ETA? All right, when's the next exit? And I don't know if y'all are like me, but every now and again when I'm driving with my wife, we just get off into some talking about, I don't know, whatever. And I'm all, and I suddenly out of nowhere, like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Did we miss the exit? Come on, somebody. And then in that moment, we go to the phone and we're like, hold up a second. We go to the phone and we, and we look and we put it back in real quick. And we're like, where are we? And then we're like, oh, okay. The exit is just a few more. Because sometimes you got to just stop and reorient yourself. Come on, somebody. Sometimes, you know, you, you turned off the GPS in your life. The thing that, 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 was, that was making you focused on the destination of giving glory to God. And every now and again, we get to the place where we've got to stop and have an admiration day. You got to stop and reorient yourself, reposition yourself for God's glory. For some of you right now in this season with COVID-19, what God is saying in your life is he's not saying that you need to stop or you need to go and do something else. What he's saying is you just need to reorient and make sure, put that thing back to face the way that it's supposed to. You need to get off that exit. Yeah, I know you might have to go on the 407, you know, and you're going to have to pay the tolls or whatever the case is, but get off and get back headed in the direction that you're supposed to head in. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so you got and I got to get to the place where we don't forget, where we don't forget. We don't forget our Thanksgiving, where we don't allow the work and the wonders to get us to the place where they distract us from God instead of pointing us to God who's with me. You know, and as I was sitting there and I was thinking about this, so I bring this plane down for a landing, thinking about the fact that, you know, every now and again, when you go to send a letter, come on, somebody, when you go to send a letter, you might get to the place where you write the letter, you do your thing and you go and you put it in the mailbox. But when you put it in the mailbox, if you forget the stamp, that thing ain't going nowhere. Don't matter how eloquent the letter was. 
doesn't matter how verbose you were in putting it together. The end of the day, if it does not have the stamp, then it all is for naught. And I'm here to tell you today as I bring this plane down for a landing. The fact of the matter is that many of us, you, the letter of life you've been, and in your prayers you've been writing to God. And not only this, you've been not just writing to God, but you've been signing it in Jesus' name. You've been signing it in Jesus' name and putting it in the postman called the Holy Ghost hands. Because it's the Holy Spirit that is in that position where he carries that which we say to God. But many of us, we have forgotten to put the stamp of praise on the letter. And I heard last night as I was getting ready to preach this, praise is my postage. You didn't have to pay for it. He already paid for the postage. You don't have to make it up because if you look deep enough in your life, you know that you got a testimony. Your praise has been paid for, but all you got to do and I got to do is affix it to the envelope. And so I want to challenge you today as you continue to build. As you continue to exert and put out your blood, sweat, and tears. Not to get to the place where you don't take a break, praise break. title of this message is Build with a Praise Break. Make sure that you are worshiping. Make sure that you are honoring God. Make sure that you're positioned to give him the glory. Not just with your mouth. Online, not just with your mouth, but also with your life. Because then and only then will we live a life that will smell sweet to God. Then and only then, when it's all said and done, will we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so in this moment, you're like, you know what? I'm into the place where you're talking about honoring God, glorifying God. That all sounds good, but I don't know God. I'm not in relationship with this God. You know, I, I, you might even have been someone who you're like, man, I've just been trying to live a good life. And I've been just trying to be kind to people. I'm telling you, it's not about living a good life and being kind to people. That's all nice. But you were not created just to live a good life. You were created to be in relationship with God and through relationship with him to bring glory to him. And you're like, how do I do that? Don't I just be a good person? No, the Bible doesn't say that. The fact of the matter is that thousands and thousands of years ago, the, our first parents, for those who are watching online, those who are in the house, Adam and Eve, they decided to disobey God. God gave them free choice and they disobeyed him and consequently Death, which was not meant for mankind, was passed on from generation to generation. Death became hereditary. Not just physical death, but separation from God through what is called sin. Everybody say sin. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. No one is perfect. Goes on in that same chapter talking about no one is righteous. No, not one. Romans 6.23 makes it clear that the wages of this sin is death. Everybody say death. But the gift of God is the good news. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What are you talking about? What do you mean eternal life? Eternal life. 
happens when you would put your trust and your faith in Jesus. Why would I do that? Over 2,000 years ago, God, Yahweh, Jehovah, says, I'm not going to leave y'all stranded even though you screwed it up. I'm going to put on flesh. I'm going to come to this earth and I'm going to live perfectly. And so he comes and he lives with perfection on your and my behalf. And then he extends and says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him. What does this mean? Does this mean I believe in God? No. It means that we are putting trust in him. We put our faith in him. We give him our life. And we say, God, here is my life. You are the Lord of my life. When we put our trust in him, when we put our faith in him, he makes us new. It doesn't matter what you've done. All of your sin are passed away. And you begin relationship with God. And you can begin living a life on purpose, with purpose. And through his strength and his power, you can live a life that brings glory to his name. And so if you're in this place today and you're like, Pastor Andrew, I am that person. I don't have relationship with God. I have not put my trust in Jesus. I have not believed in him. And I've heard about what you said. He came, he died, and he rose from death and extends this to you now. You might be somebody that has run away from God and you're like, today is my day to come back home. doesn't matter how far you have gone. You might have run away from him, but his arms are open wide, ready to receive you back into fellowship today. And so in this moment, I'm getting ready to lead a prayer, a prayer of commitment. And it's not a prayer that saves, it's Jesus who saves. But this prayer is a line of demarcation in the stand saying, this today is my time, this is my day where I put my trust and my faith in Jesus. Someone online, you are feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Someone watching online, someone in here, you are feeling the same thing. And today is your day. And so in this moment, every head bow, every eye closed, every head bow, every eye closed. This is a moment of introspection and you're just saying in this moment, are you trusting God in this moment? Have you given your life to Christ? And so if it is you today, this decision is between me, you and God, every head bow, every eye closed. And you're like, today is my day to trust Jesus for the first time or to recommit my life to him. If that person is you on the count of three, I want you to pop that hand up. Even for you who are watching online, I want you to pop that hand up where you are. Between you and God, here it is. That's me, Pastor Andrew. Include me in that prayer. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, pop those hands up if that person is you. I see those hands. Praise God in the house. I'm believing by the Spirit of God that hands are going up even online. Praise God. Praise God for these who have made decisions for Christ. Glory to God. In this moment, you can put those hands down and let's go ahead. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And church, let's not let them pray alone. Let's pray this as an affirmation of their faith. Let's pray this as a support, uh, as a support to them as they make this decision. Let's pray it out loud together. And we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins. And rising from death with all power. Come into my life. And make me new. Be with me now. And forevermore. And I thank you for doing it. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who made a decision for Christ today? Come on, can we let those online who made decisions know that we're celebrating? Heaven says, the Bible says that heaven rejoices over one soul that comes to repentance.